goodness. It's that time of the week, Nick. The dreaded time of the week. I, recording with you is not so bad. It's the watching of the movies. That's the bad part. Of I doing concur. This podcast. Yeah. Um, we are No One Likes the Tuna Podcast, the world's premier dedicated Fast and Furious podcast. My name is Nick Nocera. And I'm Daryl Wong. Uh, every week we... Every week we watch a Fast and Furious movie. This week we watched Fate of the Furious, F8. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So good. Best movie ever. <laughs> Question mark? Period. <laughs> Exclamation mm-hmm. point. Bold underline. Bold twice underline. Yeah. Um, no. Well, I watched this movie, I'll say this week, I did a Saturday morning watch, because I worked on Saturday, Mm -hmm. which was a bummer in itself. Um, but I also decided to, like, chug through the movie while I was working on Saturday morning. Mm -hmm. In the office, nobody there. And I gotta tell you, having this movie out of the way on Saturday morning... And the rest of my life was freed up to do whatever I wanted. Yeah. It felt almost better than anything I've felt in a long, long long time. Uh It felt uh so good. Self-care means something different to a lot of people. And in our case, yeah, getting the movie out of the way sooner rather than later is a huge huge improvement in day-to-day life huge self-care <laughs> business i'll never do it again mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right like i'm not a dis i'm not <laughs> disciplined enough a person to do, to do that but right. it did i just want to say it did feel good yeah good good yeah. yeah i did not um yeah i didn't i did not take care of myself in the same way i no. did a today right up until the last minute uh, push through while working in chunks and finally right up to the end. Yeah. So, you know, it works too. It certainly doesn't have that same sweet, sweet satisfaction that you might get from, yeah, you know, washing it early. It's sort of the same thing as um, yeah. uh, accomplishing anything before you go to work, you know, a task, pay a bill, make a phone call, any sort of pre-work task. I would say carries the same level of satisfaction, fulfillment. I don't do as watching the movie before I go to work. Mm-hmm. I go to the drive-through Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> yeah. before I go to work. That's all I do. Mm-hmm. I I literally roll out of bed, put clothes on, and get in the car. <laughs> nice. And I time my that when I have to wake up to the exact minute. Where mm-hmm. I can do that efficiently <laughs> enough, make it in the line for Dunkin' Donuts, and then get to work on time to the dot at eight o'clock in the morning. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my whole scheme with that. I don't. I don't mm-hmm. really. But I will say, like, part of being an adult is just like knuckling down and taking care of the things you need to take care of, even though yeah. it's not pleasant. Right. And for me, part of being an adult is watching this movie. It's like front loading this movie in my weekend, like knuckling it down and just yeah. getting it done. 
You know, it's unpleasant. You have to hold your nose a little bit, but it does happen. (laughs) And it must happen, and we will deliver. Yeah. Um, So let's dive right into this movie, because I have dinner waiting for me. Um, Mm -hmm. It feels like the toy shop was sort of maybe supposed to carry over into, like, another movie. It just feels mm. they really make they really make a point of trying to sell like this is the toy shop, you know, mm. this is where all the FBI, CIA, NSA impounded car. Like for some reason, the gov- the federal government is like impounding a bunch of cars mm-hmm. and <laughs> keeping them in uh, downtown New York City for some right. reason, as if right. that is the most affordable place. And secretive place where you could keep this type of stash. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like rent a warehouse in Ohio, guys. You Yeah. <laughs> you have way more federal land almost anywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um I yeah, I don't know. Crazy. Yeah. But I mean, the main reason is that they should have put them in New Jersey, but New Jersey isn't as sexy as it of a movie set. As a, but it is way yeah. more like Vin Diesel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sure is. You know, like New Jersey kind of fits with this whole vibe in this movie. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think if they had done like forget the New York City apartment, I understand Vin wants to be like classy. <laughs> right? uh-huh. Uh-huh. I think that's like the whole purpose of the high, like the rooftop apartment is like Vin is like oh, real classy. <laughs> but if they had done done like a thirteen twenty seven, like the L.A. home, but in like New Jersey suburbs, that vibe would be so good (laughs) and works so well like this is the east coast hang this Mm -hmm. is the east coast barbecue backyard barbecue spot it's in like (laughs) you know what i mean it's in fort lee you know what i'm Uh saying uh you can get close to manhattan that'd be fine but just put in like fort lee or like paramus or something yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, put it deep out there where it makes sense. And you can still show New York City in the distance. You, you want to hit a all the skyline, skyline you want. That's the benefit of New Jersey. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, it's all the skyline it. you want. You yeah, know? Put them in Jersey City, you know? like Yeah. It's hip now-ish, you know? I went uh-huh. there once. I went to Jersey City once. It is a, it's, a, it's the craziest town in America. Mm-hmm. It's a Disneyland of New York City. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like somebody's imagination of what New York City is maybe like, but built at, in reality. <laughs> and you ferry over, you've got the archways leading in just like you would at an amusement park. Totally. And you get outside, and it literally is a big concession stand. All right. So, <laughs> there's like street vendors everywhere. There's, there's like whole promenades. There's no car where there's no cars, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. <laughs> it's and, crazy. You, and you can hop right on the uh, Disney monorail to, uh, yeah, to tour around. So, that, I mean, that. <laughs> monorail i would tell you i like i threw up on the disney monorail one time when i was a kid i threw up in a lot of places Uh one of which was the disneyland monorail yeah um 
and yeah i didn't get to go to disney world because my dad was like oh well we um gotta go home now because mm. we can't have you like throw up and then go to disney, disney world mm-hmm. i was like oh no i'm fine like we're yeah. so close <laughs> uh was it a is it a car was it a car sickness thing or were you just so stoked to go to disney world you was <laughs> <Just> like <laughs> 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 I don't know. I did get car sick a lot when I was a kid, yeah. but I don't I don't remember having like a car there cuz we're or staying at a, like a resort hotel. So I don't think we like drove from the resort. I don't remember. Mhm. I don't remember. Um oh, but in, like I don't think I don't remember the monorail itself making me ill. Mhm. But I was just sick that one day, and then I was good the next. We went on Splash fucking Mountain and ruled. Uh-huh. Uh, the thing about yeah. car sickness is, you know, when you're a kid, it's sort of, yeah, there's always a, a few kids that get super sick all the time. And it's sort of like, oh, like, you're kind of a baby. You can't, like, not vomit. But um, the idea of riding around in a car it's awful. in general is you know if you're a small human and you don't do it regularly or whatever it's nauseating it's not even that like i don't even know what it is first of all my family had a pot in the car at all times (laughs) (laughs) that was the vomit pot okay Uh my Uh brother and i both got very car sick i mean yeah okay go on (laughs) and we would drive to canada twice a year every year and so mm-hmm. we would have these eight-hour car trips twice a year that we were just like, we were just like white at the end of it, like you know, like ghosts at the end of it because we were so sick. Mm-hmm. Um, my dirty little secret that I don't tell anybody ever mm-hmm. is that I I still get very car sick. Yeah, if I'm not driving, and I'm in even in the front passenger seat, I get incredibly ill. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is very, I think it's very natural. Like, I think it's very natural. Living yeah. in New York for this long, I just like I'm not in a car as often as I normally am. And really, the car sickness is not so much about the individual, it's about the other driver. Right. Okay. Because people drive some better than others, but you know, like most people I'm aren't. I'm just that very good. sensitive to it, mm-hmm. you know? And that's okay. Most of the time I'm driving and even when right. like I'm supposed to let somebody else drive, I'm like, nah, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> nice. Nice. I try to play cool, but I'm like, no, I'll drive. No, that's you relax. It this way. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't want to get sick. Right. Um, I lost it. This, this watch through at devil's bunghole for some reason. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What's that called why. again? It 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 like destroyed me. I was <laughs> sitting alone on Saturday morning, like eleven a.m. in my office, and I just uh-huh. like could not stop laughing at Alan Miriam. It's called something like the Devil's Bunghole, something like that. <laughs> and the funny thing about it is, I I'm guessing that wasn't a scripted line. They probably did that a few times, and she was just. Throwing out there, just <laughs> she was like she was like riffing, like an Apatow movie. She was like yeah. she was doing some take, some like yeah, some spit takes. 
Mm-hmm. All right. That's maybe maybe she's like a good improviser. I don't know. She's good at everything she does. Right. Right. I think she's got enough, you know, acting credential and personality to uh come off yeah, come up with that as an ad lib. Among, um, you know. Yeah. yeah. Many other. I'm down with her being in a serious movie again. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've seen Helen Mirren like do it in a while. Hmm. I don't haven't paid attention to her IMDb. Uh, Fair. Has she done something? Has she acted after this movie in anything? Uh, she was in F Nine: The Fast Saga. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I think she does like ten million like little piece of shit mm-hmm. British movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I'm saying that in a derogatory way. I they're not pieces of shit. They're just like little movies that get limited like UK releases and they end up on streaming somewhere that you don't really see. Like she mm-hmm. sort of does that a lot. Um but in terms of her like doing real stuff. I mean between this and F9, she did The Leisure Seeker which was another yeah, like what I'm talking about. Winchester, mm-hmm. which is a horror movie where she plays a spooky old lady. Mm-hmm. Um, Anna, which I think we saw. It's like a spy movie with like Russian. She's like a madam. I think a Russian madam. Mm-hmm. Um, I loosely remember was. watching that. Yeah, Hobbs and Shaw, obviously. Mm-hmm. Catherine the Great, which is a series on HBO. The Good Liar, which is, I think, another one of these UK, little UK indies. that It's a Bill Condon movie, okay? It's a real movie. The Duke, which is I think is a half comedy, uh, which is Roger Mitchell's last film. F9. Mm-hmm. And then she does a lot of voice work, obviously, because her voice is probably pretty in demand. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's it. I think later this year, she's got this like Gold of My Ear biopic coming out. Mm-hmm. Called Golda, which I'm okay. into. I think it looks. I mean, I don't know. I think it, I think it's gonna be good. Basically, okay. So actively working. Totally actively working. I'm just down for her to get back to like. Let's do her like a movie and a role like that. Like she's a great act. Like a great capital G great actress. Mm-hmm. Like one of mm-hmm. the greats. Which like I love that Vin. <laughs> I love her and Vin's like romance, you know. <laughs> right. But yeah. Um uh she's good in this movie. She's sort of huh? the good part of this movie. I agree. Yeah. Um what am I working through over here? Um I was thinking about just how through the yeah, through the movies, uh, the concept of cars as collateral has changed, mm. or in fact, been lost. You know, yeah. cars used to be something of worth. If you think about one through four, right? And yeah, the comparison between the uh, Dom and Brian exchanging of the Supra, and then Dom and I forgot his name, the uh, guy in Cuba, in terms of that mirroring 
the car was something of worth, something that yeah. was hard to get, something that you put time, energy, effort into, and the showing of the pink slip, the throwing it all down for the race, that had some weight to it. And, you know, it wasn't like, we're not talking about, like, market value for cars, because as far as we're concerned, all these cars, with the modifications that are on them, the um, high-profile police um, attention that these get, they're not worth anything to anybody, like, on the resale market. No. But they hold a lot of actual value, too. Right. Right. The characters in these stories. Well, but. it's this is the like having a hundred million dollars problem, right? Right. It's like well, they can do whatever they want. So losing a car doesn't mean anything because they can go buy another one or pay to fix it up or what you know. They don't have to like scrap together to get some cash mm-hmm. to like overnight parts from Japan. If right. They have to. Um, <laughs> I mean, in these newer movies, like you mentioned, the toy shop here, yeah. they're just getting cars for free, right? Yeah. It's, uh, totally. They're driving government company cars. And I think it loses an element of um, just the car piece of it, where. Of course. They're worthless, they're yeah. disposable. And, and even the, when they try to hold on to that a little bit and use. The one character they sort of use to try to keep that element is Rome, right? Um, and in this movie, especially, he's like, he looks at the orange Lamborghini and he's like, I think I'm in love. You know, like he has this sort of bond with this car. But at the end, the, the orange Lamborghini gets trashed. He rides it's, you know, like whatever. It's like blows up and shit. Mm-hmm. Who cares? You right. know, so even if they if they put a little thing of him being like, no, <laughs> that's even better than the attitude they take towards it now. Kind mm. of, you know? Yeah. Um, and I would say, I mean, I think the last even in seven with the mm. like in hypersport, they put some serious effort, you know, the car itself, supercar, but kind of you know like does it exist in real life is it actually like have all those facts whatever it's up for debate but they spent some time and energy building a relationship with the car and it made it you know it made a car that nobody knew about or heard about worth something in the movie like that again yeah in one of these movies i mean that whole thing is so good yeah, I mean, maybe it's good, but or maybe it just like I've been, just like my brain has turned to mush with all the Hobbs and Shawness of these movies now, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, they don't particularly care that the like in Hyperspike gets trashed, but at least there's some like, there's some effort, like Dom's sweating a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. And the car doesn't work properly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, you know, they, like, have an appreciation for, like, how crazy it is that this billionaire is keeping it in his penthouse. Fun. Mm -hmm. Also, some high-performance, well, stopping. (laughs) They have some high-performance stopping in, like, in hypersport. Mm -hmm. Not braking. Right. 
but stopping. We, I still have, you're right about the breaking situation. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember a single high performance breaking break in this movie at all. Mm-hmm. Do you? No. All forward, all fast, explosions. <laughs> yeah, let's use those breaks. Um. <laughs> All right, my last point for this episode is just put Cypher in the fucking submarine. Mm. Mm-hmm. Just put her in the sub. Yeah. It just makes more sense. <laughs> right. You know, we don't have to go through this whole airplane thing and the submarine thing, bouncing back and forth. You could have Jason Statham and Luke uh, Evans scuba dive into the sub into the submarine you know and rescue the baby that way and put it in a little baby scuba tube or some (laughs) shit you know yeah pull Um, it out um was it the transporter that they did that was that what did we was it the transporter where they blow out the um i blocked those movies out of my brain i think maybe it was an ocean huh they do the thing where they, yeah, they blow out the apartment and the safe falls down into the canal, and then they oh, have the scuba Italian job, Italian job. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Good movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was it. I don't remember what we said about that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. They could do sort of an Italian job thing where they sneak attack underwater. <laughs> And then they obviously like can't disconnect the sub or blow it up until the baby's out of there. Mm-hmm. I just think the whole thing should be on the sub. And then it's like fun because what you can do is not know where Cypher is. She's at in a secret location mm-hmm. for the whole movie. And Elena is in a secret location and, you know, Dom is sort of blindfolded when he's brought in or something like that. Right. And then it like turns out her secret base is this giant nuclear sub that they then have to chase. They could still do the whole ice chase thing. I just think that works better yeah, than some figurative plane up in the sky. You know, I agree. And if you still want to use the um, personal jet suits, have Cypher fly in, drop into the submarine. They could have those like water jet suits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you like... Have a hose in the water. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and little, uh, yeah, some machine guns just spraying all over the place. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. Um, yeah, I mean, that bothers me more than almost, any, like, an irrational amount about this movie. Mm-hmm. Is that, like, the, 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 just the geography of it is so confoundingly dumb. Of like, of she's up in the sky, the sub is down there. I think somebody, some writer on this movie sort of pitched that as a dichotomy, you know, of of they're battling something below the sea while she's way up in the... But in reality, it's actually just confusing and you you have to think about it too hard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? And it's, yeah, you you as the viewer feel detached from it because... It's very difficult to 
relate the space together. And Absolutely. maybe you're not supposed to, right? Like and, what and we're seeing in the submarine. Yeah. yeah. We get a lot of transitions from interior shots to interior shots. So we're, I've said this before, but we're in one big metal tube and then we transition to another big metal tube and then back and forth. And it's like, okay, you know, there's not enough to really, and you, or you see like the outside of the sub and the chasing, and then you cut to the inside of the airplane and our brain actually naturally is like, oh, we've just seen the outside of this thing when we switch to the inside, but that's not actually what's happening. Mm -hmm. So it's just weird and tough. That's all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um, so I had a thought because mm -hmm. I watched another movie yesterday, two days ago, but Dom's rocket powered charger mm. is actually the same car as the Batman. Kinda. Very kinda. <laughs> very kinda. Yeah. Yeah. Um, works better in the Batman, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. Yeah. But I think that has a lot to do with us, like with that movie tweaking expectations a little. Um, and, you know, trying to do something new within a pre-existing property versus this, which is just trying to sort of level itself up. Mm -hmm. um, but very similar. I really liked this new Batman movie. You like the Batman, huh? I liked the Batman I liked I liked Robert Pattinson Robert Pattinson as that saying how he, he's incredible. I wasn't expecting it to be hilarious. It's funny movie. It's a funny movie. It's, it's a funny movie, but like Robert Pattinson's delivery, the dialogue, it is not so funny where it is like upsetting for yeah. the scale of this movie, the dark texture of it. It's not so funny that it's offensive. It's totally. The right amount. And but I do think they strike a nice tone in terms of like. Pattinson's just discovery that th this person is absolute like wackadoo, you know, like <laughs> like that, that, that the Batman and Bruce Wayne is an insane person, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. complete fucking weirdo. <laughs> Even when he's, like, skulking around Wayne Manor in his t-shirt, he's, like... He's, like he puts his sunglasses eat, on, eating berries. Eating blueberries? <laughs> There's one scene where he's just, like, munching blueberries for some reason, you're like, oh, my God. That's probably the first thing he's eaten in a week. You know? Uh -huh. <laughs> Incredible. Um... I love that. I also love how they struck this tone of just how super weird it would be to be like a beat cop and you walk into a crime scene and there's this like eight foot tall guy dressed in <laughs> just as a like, bat, like with a molded leather bat mask on. You're like, 
Uh, okay, Chief. Is, is he what? allowed to be touching that right what? now? Hey, what's he's got gloves. He's got gloves on. Okay, he's good. He's with me. Don't worry about it. Listen, Chief, I'm not trying to do your job, but yeah, I love that part of the movie. The general uh-huh. vibes were great. I would cut all the Alfred shit out, basically. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Alfred. Sorry, dude. Um, yeah. Even though I think Andy Serkis is, is fine in the movie. And I would cut a good amount of the mobster stuff out. Yeah. Um, and, like, keep Penguin in as much as I can, but try to streamline it a bit. Let's get it down to, like, 220, boys. Okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this three-hour... <laughs> 255 is too, too, it's too much for me. Yeah. My first time check, I think I only made it maybe 40, 42 minutes. I was like, oh, this is going to be a long boy. Well, I will tell you that I saw this was going to be my anti shout out today. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm just going to do it now. Uh, I did see Jurassic World colon Dominion last night. (laughs) Uh And it feels a lot longer than than the Batman. Let me tell you. Rough, rough. (sighs) That movie stinks. <laughs> that movie is bad. Oh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. oh, God. It's And I know we don't try not to shout out to other media properties, but I can't help it. Like, <laughs> that movie sucks. Uh-huh. God bless Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. Like, they're doing their best. I'm sure they're getting paid very handsomely. Yeah. But it's it's like I I I don't know this it's the movie simultaneously has nothing to do and way too much to take care of. There's Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt's story arc, which now they have a clone kid who gets kidnapped and the Velociraptor as a kid. There's like this bullshit with that. And then there's the legacy characters, you know, Alan Grant and and, mm-hmm. and um those Jeff Goldblum stuff. And so they've got their own shit to deal with. And then there's all these new characters that they put in. Um, and I like, actually the new characters are sort of the best part of the movie. Okay. <laughs> but they've got to have something to do too. So, um, you know, they sort of get stuck playing second fiddle in the storylines of our other characters. But you also know, like, you gather all these people together. At the end of the day, there's like seven to nine of them. And um, you're, you immediately, as soon as all of them are introduced and you're they're there, you're like, oh, no one of these people are going to die. You know, like, huh. so the stakes of this movie are completely washed out. So you just have to sit through two and a half hours of dinosaurs nipping at each other and them sort of running away or whatever. It's t- and it's also the movie's frenetic. It doesn't. It's it's action scenes are shot like shit. Mm-hmm. You know, it, Carl and Trevor is a terrible fucking director. And like, sorry, Carl. I uh, like hope we work together someday. It'd be great. But um. <laughs> I just, you know, it's just bad. Yeah. I mean, does it, does it watch like it was supposed to be a family movie? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
But, you know, why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, can't it be kind of scary? Because mm-hmm. dinosaurs it, should be scary. Yeah, they're scary. <laughs> That's dinosaurs why we weren't alive at the time. Let's, like, scare some people. And I think, you know, in 93, Jurassic Park 1, that movie is scary. Yeah. You know? Especially when you're young. But even, like, when you're an adult, that that movie's pretty... If you've never seen anything like that, that movie's fucked up and kind of scary. (laughs) And this movie's not... I mean, it just has no tension at all. We simultaneously... You know, we've what they've done is they've written themselves into a corner with all this shit because now the velociraptor is the good guy because he owen you know owen who's basically a dog yeah he's like exactly he's a dog and the t-rex is like the lovable um hero who always ends up saving the the hero saving the day like jumping in and saving the day and Mm -hmm. so what they have to do is like create these villains of like this is the gigaloptosaurus like the biggest carnivore who ever exists like who gives a shit (laughs) even bigger than the last movie exactly yeah they're basically these just face faceless villain dinosaurs Mm -hmm. get five minutes of screen time do nothing and then like we move on to the next movie Mm -hmm. (sighs) rough Rough man, it's such a tired, horrible <laughs> franchise. I wish to God they would stop making them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it made you know half a billion dollars, so I'm sure they're gonna make it. Holy smokes! Like, congratulations to Colin Trevorrow having the number one movie in America again. Mm-hmm. So good. Um, anyway, I'm done with my shout out. Do you have any more points about the movie, or do you have a shout out you want to do? Uh, no more points on the movie. I do have a positive shout out this week. Oh, yeah. I purchased a product. It might be the most bang for my buck. Best purchase I've made in a very long time. Yes. I purchased a Coway Air Mega Air Purifier for the apartment. Wow. Triple level. HEPA filtration. It was like a hundred and less than two hundred bucks on Amazon, and the from the moment you turn this bad boy on, give it I don't know twelve hours, and it is it's the equivalent of it's it's the equivalent of drinking your crappy tap water or in our case you know pretty good tap water yeah and running it through a brand new Brita filter and that first taste of it. It's like that, but like Does it air. smell good? Like, does it the smells, air smell good? It's like noticeably improved. I love Espe- that. Yeah, especially in the morning time. You know, sometimes you wake up in the morning, it's a little bit hot, it's a little bit moist, it's just kind of gross. Good smelling air is one, <laughs> is one of life's like <laughs> small, beautiful pleasures. My friend Robbie used to have, I don't even remember what kind of truck he used to have. But he had this truck, and the truck was a real piece of shit. Mm -hmm. But it pumped out the most delicious smelling AC. (laughs) It was probably like a horrible chemical that was killing me. Mm -hmm. It didn't have it wasn't didn't smell like like food or anything. It just like 
It just smelled so fresh and good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, turns out you can just readily buy one of these boys cool. for your apartment, and it is 100% worth the money. So, it, yeah, not only does it smell great, you can leave these things on all the time. Amazing. And it has like some sort of ionization mode, which I haven't tried yet. I don't entirely know what it's for, but I think it's another level of purification. But um, on its auto level, it's great. It just sort of turns on when it needs to. If you leave it on the two setting, it also has kind of a white noise effect. And unlike your window AC, which is violent when it turns on and starts blowing, this one is a relaxing flow of that's pretty delicious good. air i could use so. that right now because my i moved hotel rooms to one with like a kitchenette mm-hmm. and the hotel room i'm in now the the hvac is bang like it, mm-hmm. it not in a good way yeah. it is loud <laughs> yeah i end up turning it off i mean yeah. i it's okay because the room is pretty cool anyway but yeah Anyway, so what 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 what's the product name? Uh, this one I purchased is called a Koei Air Mega. Koei Air Mega, shout out, mm-hmm. get it, big time, get it. Um, yeah, cures COVID too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> fucking not, fucking don't. <laughs> it doesn't. Anyway, uh, if you have the cure for COVID. Let us know on Twitter <laughs> at Nolt Podcast, N O L D T Podcast. Um, you can, we are No One Likes the Tune Podcast on Instagram. No One Likes the Tune Podcast at gmail.com. Haven't checked the Gmail in a while. I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. Haven't logged in in a bit. So we'll see. Maybe I got some emails. Um, and patreon.com slash no one likes to tune a podcast. Sign up. We got a bunch of episodes up there. I didn't put the crank two episode up yet. I'm really sorry. I just had a busy week and I hadn't cut it together, but hopefully it'll go up this week and we'll, we'll get it going there. Um, rate and review us. Fuck you. That's it. <laughs> That's it, my man. All right. So next week, Hobbs and Shaw. We think? Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Got to do it. Okay. Tune in for that and uh, let us know about anything else you want to talk about. That's it. (laughs) Talk to you, everybody, next week. Bye. Bye.